You're listening to the Cyberwire Network, powered by N2K. With over 8,000 threat hunters analyzing over 65 trillion signals daily, Microsoft works tirelessly with the federal government to keep our nation's data secure. This 30-year-plus partnership is driving mission innovation that is secure by design. Whether optimizing your existing defenses or tackling advanced threats with AI, Microsoft gives you the intelligence and the automation you need to defend at mission scale. Let's work together to stay ahead of emerging threats and secure your mission anywhere. Learn more at aka.ms slash fedcyber. That's aka.ms slash fedcyber. everyone, and welcome to the CyberWire's Research Saturday. I'm Dave Bittner, and this is our weekly conversation with researchers and analysts tracking down threats and vulnerabilities, solving some of the hard problems of protecting ourselves in a rapidly evolving cyberspace. Thanks for joining us. Do you already have this common conductive medium that is the body itself? So why can we not use the body as a wear so that we get the orders of magnitude more efficiency and physical security for devices communicating around the body. That's Dr. Shreyas Sen. He's an associate professor at Purdue University. The research we're discussing today is titled Enabling New Interaction Modalities by Communicating Strictly Through Touch Using Electro-Quasistatic Human Body Communication. Don't struggle to align your organization's cybersecurity with business risk. Get the only solution that goes beyond reacting to threats with vulnerability and risk monitoring. You need the next evolution of MDR, and only Critical Start delivers it. Critical Start doesn't just monitor and respond to threats. They put you in control by detecting suspicious activities, quickly responding to contained threats, and identifying your most critical assets and protecting them against vulnerabilities and exposures. With continuous visibility, expert guidance, and measurable risk reduction, Critical Start has redefined what it means to manage cyber risk. Demonstrate provable security maturity to your leadership while positioning your program to achieve the greatest risk reduction per dollar spent. Stop fearing risk and start managing it with Critical Start. Visit criticalstart.com and request a demo today. That's criticalstart.com. Think about, uh, you know, uh, you have two devices on the body. Let's say maybe uh, your smartwatch and another device. Let's take your uh, earpod. Today, what happens is when we want to communicate digital information from one device to another, we take the digital information, put it on an electromagnetic carrier, and radiate it. That radiated signal goes all around us, for example, in Bluetooth up to 30 feet distance, and can be picked up by anybody in the physical proximity. And only a very small fraction of this signal gets picked up in the other device. So we are 
kind of wasting energy sending signals to all the places where it should have only stayed around my body and also you are creating a security risk because anybody within a, you know a starbucks size coffee shop can now try to snoop into my signal because they have the physical signals themselves hmm. so what we started thinking is because body is conductive why not couple this signal in a different frequency range called the electroquasistatic frequency or that's where the name eqs hbc eqs standing for electroquasistatic and hbc standing for human body communication comes from we published this uh, last year in nature scientific reports as well as this month there is a feature article on ieee spectrum where these concepts are explained but long story short what it does is it couples tiny amounts of electrical signals from this watch let's say to your body and that signal stays is accessible anywhere around your body but not off of your body so are we essentially using our body as a as an antenna? Because we want to an ex- short range antenna, extremely short range antenna. <laughs> uh, uh, somewhat, but not antenna. Uh, where? Think of the uh, uh. like a copper wire that through which we communicate signals. We are turning our body into a wire. And so what are some of the practical uh, applications that you all have thought of here to use this? Yeah, so there are many, many uh, applications. And I'll come to the touch application in a minute. Um, mm. So out of the many applications, it can be, you know, future body area network. Uh, your watch talking to your pod, augmented reality, virtual reality, uh, medical devices around the body, connected medical devices. Anything that is on or in or around your body that uses Bluetooth today could be using this body as a wire technology making things much more secure because the signals are not getting radiated and energy efficient. Now, one of the key applications that you are pointing out here is now we, that, that was the science of the technology, how to turn the body into a wire. Now, what we did in the recent news release and the paper that got published in the transaction of computer human interaction, TOKAI and the CHI conference, it is going to be presented next year, which is the uh, leading conference in human-computer interaction, we are going to show that once you couple the signal onto your body, we are confining it within less than a centimeter of your fingertip. Which means, imagine you have a signal, digital signal on your body, and your fingertip is empowered with the digital signal. So if you can touch something, that will get the digital signal, but nothing else will get it. So I can open a computer by touching the touchpad. I can open a door just by touching it. And this can create a second factor authentication from, you know, today we are increasingly using multi-factor authentications and we have to open our phone to get the second factor. Uh, it, right. it will be possible to just touch and send this digital second factor through the touch in a seamless gesture. You don't have to get your phone out of your pocket. And and to be clear, I mean, this is different from, say, something like Touch ID, which is scanning your fingerprint, but it, but it could work alongside something like that. Exactly. And that beca- can become the you know th- second and third factor. When you touch, you have the fingerprint. Of course, that's the great biometric thing. But also that bio- your fingerprint is one time throughout your life. So if that gets compromised, then, you know, it's done. You can, we cannot change it. So pairing it with 
some changing passwords is something people anyway want to do. So what we are talking about in the same seamless gesture where you are touching some electrode to give the biometric fingerprint simultaneously overlaying a digital password communication through that. It can be with the biometric or even without. But these are two orthogonal technologies that can be seamlessly combined in one gesture. And so far, what kind of uh, data rates have you been able to achieve? How much information can you can you send? So uh, we have two different sets of prototypes. One using, we are developing our own integrated circuits also. Uh, so I'll tell you, uh, with off-the-shelf modified devices, we can, are achieving 10 kilobits per second kind of data rates, which are good enough for this kind of security applications uh, as well as biomedical signal communication. And then we are also pioneering our own application-specific integrated circuit through which we have shown more than 10 megabits per second kind of communication as well. Hmm. Now, is it is there any bidirectionality here? In other words, um, can you... Can you send information back through your finger to, say, a, you know, a smartwatch, something like that? Yeah, definitely. It just the easiest way of thinking of this is like your body is a wear now. So like you can send things back through a wear. Same, you can now use uh, the body to send it back from the computer to your smartwatch. And speaking of, of efficiency, which, which is, is one of the, I think, the, the benefits that you're uh, discussing here, um, in, in the example of, say, sending information, you know, through your fingertip to log into something, um, would that information just be constantly broadcast in, in a repeating kind of signal or would there be some way to sense when you're actually touching something? Yeah, it, it should not be broadcasted all the time. Uh, there are a few different ways one can uh, implement the full system. Uh, and we have considered some of those. So I'll give you two examples. One is, yes, when you are touching something, you have some sensor that detects a touch and then activates the system. That's one possibility. A second possibility is it, the computer then sends a request for this ID, like what you would do in an RFID kind of system, right? And then the smartwatch sends that ID back. So there are many different ways the system can be implemented but so that it only sends when needed and not broadcast all the time. And what about uh, the, the possibility of, of sending information person to person? You know, could I, could I transfer my contact information through a handshake? Yes, that was the motivation when I started this. If you read my <laughs> first paper back in February 2016, I have a nice picture showing, you know, a man and a lady is handshaking and they're sending a business card so that we don't have to give the business cards anymore. Yes, we can do that. And we now, after four years of effort, have a prototype uh, that is able to do that. So what are some of the things that uh, that you have in, in your imagination here in, in applications for this looking forward? So one of the things we have been exploring is, uh, so I, I will explain this from two aspects. One, that communication strictly through touch, this one. And then I'll explain the broader uh, body as a wire concept. Uh, mm. So the communication through touch, we think, you know, opening computers, this multi-factor authentication is increasing significantly. And people are carrying these key fobs with them. There's a company called Ubico, and people are using this YubiKey and similar other devices. Right. So you don't have to carry that extra device. Your smartwatch or any other device that you wear becomes that second device. 
with this technology. If you were trying to do it, for example, from your smartphone, then the smartphone had to send it using a Bluetooth, which then increases vulnerability because then the signals again in somebody in physical proximity can sense it. So if you think of the key fob from where the key comes, it basically gets plugged into a USB-C. So the communication happens through that USB-C and hence it's secure. What we are doing is we are now able to take that. You don't have to plug it in the USB-C anymore. It can be anywhere on your body and the body is your secure channel sending that unique key to do logins. Hmm. So we believe that using the body as a wire has a significant possibility of growth in the multi-factor authentication space, as well as today, if you imagine when you touch displays, we are just giving out the information of which location we are touching. That's all the display understands. But now with this technology, if in future it is integrated with the displays, you are not only sending where I am touching, I'm also sending who is touching or what heart rate they have right now and many other overlaid information. So that's where I said in uh, the Purdue News release that you can log in into your profile on somebody else's phone just by touching the app. Think about that for a minute, right? So yeah. to, to, today we have to log in prior and keep that information and then when I touch, all it says, oh, open this app and it uses the prior login information. But in future, what can happen is when I'm touching, it simultaneously sends the login information. So anybody can open that. For example, think of, you know, Uber terminals, touch-based Uber terminals in an airport. You don't have to log things in. You can just touch and it, you will automatically log in. So essentially, you're, you're carrying your ID on, for example, your smartwatch and you're, a bit, you're able to verify who you are by... Um, just touching things that would be sensitive to this sort of communication. That's correct. Now, to be clear here, you, we're, we're using the, the the human body, you know, the the bag of meat that is you or me right. as, a, uh, as the conduit for this signal. And there's nothing specific about, you know, you versus me. This system isn't, um, you know, measuring... Anything particular about you or me? It's not. It's not. It's not using your specific biometrics or my specific biometrics to roll into any of the security. It's really using the specifics of our our flesh to keep it from, as you say, to use as a wire rather than being broadcast at any distance. Yes, that is correct. That's what the uh, body as a wire technology or electroacoustic HBC does. But of course, the prototypes we are developing also in certain applications, tries to couple it with, uh, with the biometric. For example, from the smartwatch, you can imagine collecting your heart rate, which can act as a unique bi biometric, then digitizing it, sending it through your body, and then when you touch the with a fingertip, you can simultaneously get your uh, fingerprint and also the digital signal which contains your heart rate. So you can do many-factor authentication in one single touch. Yes, yes. I'm thinking of, of applications also. You know, there's been concern lately about, um, you know, for example, if, if I want to uh, to get into a bar and, and prove that I'm of age, you know, to be able to go in there and, and have a drink with my friends, um, if I hand over my ID, that has a lot of information on it beyond just the fact that I'm, in this case, over 21. It has my home address. It has, you know, a picture of me. And I may not want to share all of that information it seems to me like a technology such as yours, you'd be able to limit that, you know, 
have something at the door that I can touch and it'll just ask that specific question. Can you verify that that you are of age? Uh, this the systems exchange information and say, yep, this person's good. Let them in. Yes, absolutely. That's a great example. The touch is only one aspect of it. But body area networks, we need medical devices, connected medical devices monitored in a secure and extremely energy efficient way. In the, in the low speed application of body as a well. For high speed application, there is you know a huge boom in augmented reality, virtual reality, which can be using this body as a well technology. So in summary, basically anything for which you think Bluetooth is used today around the body, this can replace it and make it better. It's like 100x lower energy than Bluetooth and physically secure. So we, we see huge application space and uh, multiple different large companies as well as startups have shown interest, including the touch-based ID kind of a technology. And we are working on them to develop some of this technology and try to bring it to market. Well, it's very exciting. Uh, I, I wish you all well. It's uh, it's interesting to see progress in this space and it seems as though you all are uh, really on to something. This is exciting research. Thank you. Uh, it's great uh, discussing with you. Our thanks to Dr. Shreya Sen from Purdue University for joining us. The research is titled Enabling New Interaction Modalities by Communicating Strictly During Touch Using Electro-Quasistatic Human Body Communication. We'll have a link in the show notes. And now a word from our sponsor, SpyCloud, the leader in operationalizing cybercrime analytics. Traditional threat intelligence is a thing of the past, Cyber criminals are stealing vast amounts of credentials, session cookies, and financial data every day, and it's hard to keep up. SpyCloud is the trusted partner businesses turn to to fully understand their darknet exposure risk and neutralize threats before it's too late. SpyCloud alerts your organization as soon as an employee or customer's data appears on the darknet, so you can act faster than bad actors to prevent cyber attacks like ransomware, session hijacking, account takeover, and online fraud. With insights from the industry's largest repository of recaptured data, protect the digital identities and systems most important to your business. Get your free corporate darknet exposure report at spycloud.com slash cyberwire and see what information criminals have in their hands today. That's spycloud.com slash cyberwire. The Cyberwire Research Saturday is proudly produced in Maryland out of the startup studios of Data Tribe, where they're co-building the next generation of cybersecurity teams and technologies. Our amazing Cyberwire team is Elliot Peltzman, Peru Prakash, Stefan Vaziri, Kelsey Bond, Tim Nodar, Joe Kerrigan, Carol Terrio, Ben Yellen, Nick Vilecki, Gina Johnson, Bennett Moe, Chris Russell, John Petrick, Jennifer Iben, Rick Howard, Peter Kilpie, and I'm Dave Bittner. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.